Now, once again, with today's Carolina Newsmakers, here's Don Curtis. We're back with Andy Allen. He's the president of the North Carolina Retail Merchants Association. And so far on the program, we've been talking about the effects of the COVID-19 crisis on retailers. Uh, of course, retailers are, uh, there's some 25,000 stores that have membership in the North Carolina Retail Merchants Association, uh, about 60% of which are independent stores. Um, and uh, we've been talking about their concerns and how they've been keeping their employees and their customers safe. Uh, we've talked about the signage and liability. We've also talked about some shortages like the coin shortage. One of the things that's been interesting to me has been the, uh, the direction signs in the supermarkets where they have aisles that uh, you're supposed to go in one direction or another. That, that seems to be being uh, recognized as, as being okay because in the times I've been out shopping, I've noticed that everyone seems to be following that rule. And if you don't, by accident, you get a dirty look. I, I know that also. <laughs> Well, and that's an interesting one because we had, you know, that ended up being a recommendation from the governor and his executive order. Uh, part of it was we had the conversation with the governor's staff that when some of our retailers had to do that in other states, what they found was it was counteractive in that uh, some customers ended up staying in the store 12 to 15 minutes longer than they normally would because of the one-way aisles. And it also increased customer conflict because, as you said, somebody was at the, the end of the end of the aisle and the chicken noodle soup was six feet into the aisle. And instead of going down the next aisle and all the way back up, they reached six feet in and tried to grab the can of chicken noodle soup, which caused a, a, an argument with the other customer. So, um, you know, it works in some locations, but in some, again, it sort of defeats the purpose of getting customers in and out of the store quickly. We also talked about the PPP plan and several other things that the government has done. There's talk now about some additional government assistance, uh, both for the individuals and also for uh, some of the, uh, the stores and, and businesses. What are you hearing about that and how's that progressing and what's your projection of how that's going to turn out? You know, we're hearing, you know, of course, Congress uh, has a lot more ability to do things with money than the state because the state has to absolutely balance their budget every year. I think one of the things we're wa all watching very closely is what happens with the unemployment money. You know, it, the uh, CARES Act had an additional $600 of federal money that runs out per week on July 31st. And, and what we've seen in some cases are uh, workers that, you know, were getting the state benefit of $300 and an additional $600. Uh, for a total of 975 roughly dollars and it was hard to get that person to come back to work back to employment when they could stay home and, and make a, a significant amount of money um, so I we were hearing in some cases they may instead do sort of that six hundred dollars as a bonus for returning to work uh, a number of our retailers tried to hire people from some of the restaurants and it got more difficult our members were in need of employees because we needed extra people to clean and do you know, talk to customers and, and, and stock items, uh, but we had a hard time finding them, in fact. And, and so I think it'll, we're really closely watching how that ends up and whether that gets extended or transitioned to a bonus to return to work. Well, I was going to ask you about that because uh, obviously an awful lot of people, especially in the restaurant industry and the uh, uh, hospitality industry, uh, are, are facing unemployment. But uh, many of your members are actually hiring and uh, are advertising for employees. Uh, so where's the balance in there? How, how many, how many people do you think percentage wise maybe have lost their jobs so far? 
there's a tremendous amount of people to, that have lost their jobs, and it's been very unfortunate. I mean, especially if you think about some of the businesses that have remained closed, whether that be a gym or a bar or, you know, convention centers or, or hotels and that sort of thing. Uh, I think we all want to get everybody back to full employment. You know, it also hopefully comes with benefits and those sort of things. Uh, our members have really had to pick up, you know, pick up employees to, again, I've talked to a couple of grocery stores and some of them have added, you know, three, four or five people per shift in some cases that are doing nothing but cleaning, you know, um, which comes with a cost and that's a cost, but it's what needs to happen to keep that customer and the employees safe. But we, we, we need all the people we can get. Similarly, you know, commercial drivers are in high demand because goods to the store so that we can turn that over at the grocery store or other areas. And those are in short supply too. Uh, you know, we're hoping people will use, maybe if they were on unemployment or they were out of a job, hopefully used it to get more training on certain things that will help bring new job skills as we, as we come out of this situation. There have been a number of businesses that uh, were so affected that they just chose not to reopen after the initial round of problems. Uh, do you have any count at all or any understanding uh, to what extent that is affected the membership in your organization? So far, our, our, we've been fairly lucky. I mean, we've had some larger members of ours that are multi-state chains that have filed uh, for bankruptcy and have come back out of bankruptcy. Um, a number of them, you know, weathered the storm and, and they're back and they're doing okay. A lot of them had to figure out a way to operate differently. And, you know, whether that was curbside pickup early on that they were encouraged, you know, doing a lot of social media and getting people to do curbside pickup or they were delivering items to people's homes. Uh, there's a bookstore that's a member of ours that, you know, closed their physical store, but delivered books all over Wake County, you know, because one kids needed books for school things, math books and those sort of things. And secondly, people wanted books to read while they were, while they were staying at home where they weren't a puzzle you know, and those, those types of companies could have sat back and said, we're going to, you know, wait for people to come to us. But instead, they went to the customer. They figured out a new dynamic uh, in order to be successful. Um, another one of my members, you know, did mystery tie boxes and mystery dress shirt boxes that you could buy for a certain price point to try and move inventory and improve cash flow. So you had to really figure out a way to sell your way out of this in order to be successful. Well, of course, you know, one of the things that, of course, has uh uh, definitely been on the cancellation list has been weddings and that affects a number of your retailers. Are there any other such uh, things like weddings that have affected uh, retailing? Um, you know, I, th I think in certain areas things that are when you were dependent upon an area and we've, we've talked about college sports, you know, I've heard, you know, the reference not to North Carolina, but Tuscaloosa, Alabama, you know, for every home Alabama football game, it's $25 million to the surrounding economy between hotels and, and restaurants and that sort of thing. I think a number of our members, you know, the concert venues or um, the thing like in my town, Friday Night on White, which is every Friday night, every other, or one Friday a month, every, a concert where all the restaurants and all the retailers do really well, those items have gone away. So especially if you were tied to a special event, whether it's a wedding or some other sort of concert, minor league baseball game, those things, if you were dependent upon that traffic, you were really having a hard time of, of late. Well, now, you know, that's, that's an interesting situation because while that is a uh, tragedy to some who were planning wed weddings and, of course, high school graduations were also affected, 
uh, and college graduations. And that's sad because that's such a wonderful time in uh, young people's lives to have had been robbed of it. And essentially that's what's happened. But uh, by canceling a number of these things, this actually puts more money in people's pockets for alternative spending. In other words, if you were going to spend, say, a couple of hundred dollars going to a big concert at uh, one of the concert venues, now you've got a couple of hundred dollars in your pockets. And so there, there I, has anybody done a study of how much money is in the hands of the consumers right now? Because a number of things they can't buy. No, and I think that's a good point. I talked to somebody yesterday whose wife, he said she talked me into it, but I, you know, she said, we're not going to all the concerts that we usually go to or the minor league baseball games and our kids aren't going to camp. So let's buy a boat, you know, and that, and they said, he said, you know, so we bought a boat and we're going out on the lake every, you know, all the time. Um, I think there's a, a large amount of money in people's pockets. I also think you've seen people that have creatively done things. I know some of the, for instance, some of the concert venues and some of those will offer you a credit towards next year's concerts, you know, because they need the cash flow. Uh, but a, a large amount of money has been returned to the consumer's po- a pocket. In some cases, some of those, if you're, if you were a owner of a, of a business that was closed, you may be using that money to help pay your payroll though, unfortunately. Uh, rather than you know going out and buying buying something um, that you normally would, but again, you've seen people cancel trips and flights and hotels, you know, instead to you know to try and buy things that they may be doing in their backyard, whether that's badminton or you know putting in a pool. Now, this of course, this is an international crisis. Uh, many countries are have been a little ahead of us in, in facing this this situation, and some are. Uh, online with us, but this does affect the import and exports and the tariffs and such such as this. What uh, what effect has the uh, COVID crisis been as far as exports and imports on, uh, and how does that affect uh, retailers? Uh, I think it's affected us both on both regards. Um, for instance, you had a lot of uh, North Carolina is a large exporter of pork. And when we had, you know, meat issues here, meat supply issues here, that product probably didn't get sent overseas. It probably stayed closer to home uh, just because of supply and demand. Similarly, you know, I've I've talked to different retailers who needed components that were being made overseas, whether that be in China or Japan or or somewhere else. And without that component, the product that they were selling wasn't going to get built. Um, You know, I mentioned in some cases, porch furniture, or patio furniture, you know, some of the retailers I've talked to, their their uh, their store is more like a showroom at the moment because they're on back order for some of these items that are being imported, you know, for six months or for sixty days, you know, for a longer period of time. Um, you know, one thing that's been important is the home building, um, you know, segment has maintained, which means people still needed furniture, they still needed appliances. We just hope that we were getting the amount of appliances and, and furniture that we could get those people's homes. Our guest is Andy Allen. He's the president of the North Carolina Retail Merchants Association, and we've talked in detail about uh, a number of the topics that uh, uh, concern retailers, and of course the consumer is very concerned about that because they and the retailers are partners in this process of supplying the needs for their homes. And we have one final segment with Andy, and we'll be back right after these messages to talk with Andy. Hey, Dad. Your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad, your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute. 
Hey, honey, why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can, making sure they're safe and comfortable. But it's just as important that you take some time for yourself. At AARP, we can help with information and useful tips on how you can maintain a healthy life balance, care for your own physical and mental well-being, and manage the challenges of caring for a loved one. Because the better care you take of yourself, the better care you can provide for your loved one. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. You're there for them. We're here for you. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Is this tree good for climbing? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Safe gun storage saves lives. Learn how to make your home safer at nfamilyfire.org. That's nfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady and the Ad Council. Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis. We're back with Andy Allen, who's the president of the North Carolina Retail Merchants Association, and we've been talking about the effects of the current COVID-19 pandemic pro- uh, crisis and how it's affecting retailers. A reminder, this program is heard in two different versions on a number of our affiliates. A number of affiliates carry the full hour version of the program. Others carry the half hour version. If you happen to be listening to one of the stations that carries the half hour version and you would like to hear the two segments that you missed, our producer, uh, uh, who is Jason Kong, cuts those out and makes those available on the website. So you can go online to carolinanewsmakers.com, carolinanewsmakers.com, and hear those two segments that you missed. Or if you'd like to share the entire broadcast with a friend, you can do that as well on carolinanewsmakers.com. So Andy, uh, we, uh, you know, we, we, this is a, this is a situation like we've never seen before. I think almost every interview program that we start, almost every newscast that we start always sort of starts off with, we've never seen times like this, but truly we never have seen times like this. And, uh, uh, it, it, it's kind of an interesting situation. Um, they, the uh, good news this week about the potential uh, timing of a, of a vaccine was encouraging. Uh, and some of the accounts, in, especially in North Carolina, look a little bit more encouraging. Uh, how is the spirit of the merchant? Uh, and how do your members feel about what's going to happen long range and short range? Uh, I think, you know, based on what they've been through for the last, you know, 16 weeks, roughly, um, there is some, some renewed optimism. Um, I think there's a, a look ahead, you know, based on some of the warnings, you know, a lot of retailers make a large amount of their profit in the fourth quarter around the holiday season. And a lot of them are planning for how to, you know, how to order and deal with Black Friday uh, how to order and deal for the Thanksgiving Christmas holidays. Um, so that, that is a, a big consideration at the moment because they're doing that ordering now, if they haven't already done it. Um, well, and that's a, that's a, that's a big event. And that's a, a lot of traffic out in those, uh, those times. So that I hadn't thought about looking that far ahead, but black Friday and the holiday shopping season uh, is something to be concerned about. 
Yes, and, and I think part of the other issue is if you were a department store or a clothing store or a shoe store and you were closed down for a significant amount of time, you know, you were on inventory that you needed to clear out and get cash flow back so that you could deal with your vendors. I will say for the most part, the retailers I've talked to, their vendors that they buy from have been very understanding, sympathetic, and know that these businesses are hopefully in for the long haul and are working with them very closely on financing or make, making sure they got the right size inventory uh, to, to do. I think the biggest thing that, you know, consumers can do is, especially, you know, you've got these brick and mortar businesses out there that have, I've said so many times on this show that have sponsored the little league team and been the, you know, the, the fabric of their community. Uh, they're providing safe places for the customer and their employees. And we need, you know, customers to go out and support them. You know, when it is time to, to come out of the house, you know, to go out and support those, those, those brick and mortar businesses and, and show them your support because we need them there long term. We don't need dark stores uh, on Main Street or in the mall or in a shopping center. You know, it's not good for us. It's not good for sales tax collections. It's not good for what helps fund the economy or the jobs they provide. A number of uh, businesses uh, like the radio business, for example, and law firms, accounting firms, uh, uh, even uh, many doctor's offices and so forth have learned that uh, some of the things that we thought we had to do in person can be done uh, remotely and that uh, uh, there's a general feeling that there's going to be a, a, an increase in the number of people who work at home. Um, how do you think that will affect retailing long term? Um, it probably has the largest effect on a couple things. One would be your convenience stores who are selling gasoline and, you know, the person that walks in and picks up a pack of nabs and a, and a Gatorade or the, the salesman who's driving back and forth and is making those, those stops. So it affects that. Additionally, it affects things like, um, again, clothing, because if people aren't wearing a coat and tie or they're not dressing up to go to work every day, certainly that is affected. Um, I think for technology-wise, it probably improves – that part of it in that people are buying the laptop and the software license and those sort of things to be able to, to work remotely. Um, and it, it means a situation where in certain instances you don't have to work in the city. You don't have to, you know, you may see more people from California, New York, other high expensive areas move to places like North Carolina that may, that are much more cost effective, cost efficient to do their job and can do it remotely. You know, on the retail side, we still believe it's a very social, you know, activity that people like to be together and they like in, in a lot of times to touch the item and see the item much more so than they do sometimes from remote access. We haven't talked about shopping malls and shopping centers. And of course, as you alluded to, uh, there's sort of been a trend recently toward uh, more uh, 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 buying away from brick and mortar stores. What, uh, how are shopping centers and malls reacting to the current situation? I think shopping centers and malls are having to make sure that they are sort of repurposing themselves to maintain brick and mortar, but also have other activities that there is an experience with it. Uh, again, showing that you're providing a safe shopping experience for the consumer, uh, that you are doing everything you can, you know, to, to do that. Um, and you, you've got the best tenants that you can provide in there. But again, you've got to provide a place that people want to socially go and feel comfortable doing so. Um, but it, with any retailer, you're going to have to have sort of an omni-channel. You've got to be online. You've got to also, we believe, have brick and mortar. You've seen, for instance, many, you know, a company like Amazon, the largest internet retailer 
in the world, you know, and just recently announced they were building a store in Crabtree Valley Mall. So, you know, there is a, there is a, a realization that you have to be in both places, both online as well as, uh, as well as remote. Well, it's interesting how things go around and come around because <laughs> retailers are getting into the home delivery business more and more and Amazon is opening retail stores. So I guess that's a, that's a uh, admission on the part of both that there's some merit to both types of retailing. Absolutely. And you know, you don't want to be the retailer that misses that online sale. If you're a brick and mortar and uh, you want to be able to bring the customer in, but you also realize that, you know, one of those nasty rainy Saturdays in February, it's sometimes hard to get the customer out, but maybe, They'll go online to your your small brick and mortar retail site and order that same item, or and maybe you'll come by and pick it up, or maybe they'll deliver it to you. I just think you'll see the business model change. I, you know, I've talked to a women's boutique here who did delivery, had never done delivery before, had never done curbside pickup before, uh, and had her son and one other person doing it for her, and she will continue doing that just because she saw an uptick in, in business and another way to reach customers. Andy, you've got about uh, 30 seconds, and why don't you take that 30 seconds to direct a message directly to the retailers who may be listening of what your best advice is for the next uh, next 30 days. For the next 30 days, what I would tell retailers is is to look sort of at a way to be as, as have as much ingenuity as you can and sell your way out of this. Figure out a way to touch and, and touch your consumer but most importantly, you've got to show them social media wise and otherwise that you are providing a safe experience for them when they come in the store. You can open your doors all day long, but if they don't feel safe and comfortable in your store, they're not going to come and spend money with you. That was almost perfect. You left me with four more seconds. I was counting <laughs> on. I think we may offer you a job in radio because your time. <laughs> I guess has been Andy Allen, who's the president of the North Carolina Retail Merchants Association. And uh, if you'd like to hear a repeat of this broadcast, or share uh, it with a friend, or pick up those two segments that you missed that are not carried on the stations that carried the 30-minute version, you can go to carolinanewsmakers.com and do just that. The program has been produced by Jason Kong, who faithfully promises me that he'll have another interesting guest next week. So the next week, have a nice week, everybody. Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong. Network engineer is Alan Sherrill. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time, for Carolina Newsmakers. Newsmakers.